Hello to everyone. I'm Catherine, and I'll be hosting this podcast titled God Works. A little bit about me. I'm from and I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I have a birthmark on my left knee, the shape of the state of Alabama, so I'm branded a Bama girl. Having said that, I write with my left hand. However, I eat, play tennis, golf, and do everything else with my right hand. So that's crazy, I know, but we are all different and made in the image of God, and we should embrace our uniqueness. I own a promotional products business, Authentic Creation, but my passion in life is writing. I have published three books. The first one is titled Marriage is Meant to Be, which is a collection of true stories on how couples met and married. My second book is fiction, and it's the first of a series titled Dating Daisy Fields. So if you date, you can relate. Daisy is trying to find the love of her life, but seems to meet a nightmare at every dating corner. My third book is The Priest and the Princess. It too is romantic fiction. And if you read it, I'll let you judge that one for yourself. It's one of my favorites. Today, I wanna talk about finding God right where you are. I was raised Protestant and I am so proud to have my Christian roots in the Methodist Church. My memories of Sunday school, church, and all the friends I made there are so wonderful. Vacation Bible School was always an adventure. It was actually there that I discovered how much I loved arts and crafts because we would make cool things during Vacation Bible School. And then I became a teenager, which I like to tease as being a meanager. We think we know everything. Our parents know nothing. We don't need our parents' advice because we view them as stupid. Nobody's as smart as a teenager. What a bold-faced lie that is. But hanging out with my friends on the weekends and sleeping in late on Sunday morning took precedence over attending worship service. Though I was having fun, I was growing spiritually cold. I didn't pray for things. Instead, I hoped for them. Why? I thought that by hoping for something, it would just come into existence. And if it didn't, and many things I wanted didn't, such as becoming a cheerleader or getting a date with the popular guy or even invited to the senior prom. And that alone made me feel rejected, that God didn't like me or care about me. I had fallen out of his favor or never had it. That's what I thought. Through my eyes, it seemed others did, but not me. And so I spent my teenage years and a short portion of my adult life believing certain people were chosen and I simply wasn't among them. And that would be the story of my life, period. I did attend court reporting school and relocated to St. Petersburg, Florida. I got a job there. I made a lot of friends and even found a romantic interest. And I hoped things were turning around, but then they started going south again. Things like I was at a party one night and locked my purse in the car. When I left the party, the car was unlocked. The police said someone had used a Slim Jim and my purse was gone. I had no money, no car keys, no apartment keys. I had to wake the maintenance guy up at two o'clock in the morning so he could get the master key and let me in my apartment. The next day I had to call Nissan and get the serial number so they could remake a set of car keys. My little Gucci purse that I purchased on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills was never found. That's when I ditched buying name brands. So busy partying and chasing my Florida guy, I failed to get an appeal transcribed and filed on time, and the case got thrown out of court. The state attorney never spoke to me again, and I'm still so embarrassed and ashamed about that. If only I could have a redo. Then one night, I'd been to dinner with a friend. We were in my car heading home when I got pulled over by the police. Of all things, for having a taillight out. 
While he had me pulled over at the 7-Eleven parking lot, the officer ran a background check. There was an outstanding warrant for my arrest for failing to pay a parking ticket at the beach. <laughs> Seriously? I didn't even know you could get arrested for failing to pay a parking ticket at the beach. So he was kind enough to not arrest me, but he took my license and told me to follow him down to the police department where I paid $30 to bail myself out. So at the court reporting firm where I worked, the last hired was um, the one on the low end of the totem pole. So I was assigned to a judge that nobody else ever wanted to work for. Sometimes he wouldn't start picking a jury until five o'clock in the afternoon. So I would spend many a night until midnight at the courthouse. I was exhausted. I would have to get up the next morning and be right back in that courtroom at eight o'clock. I was miserable, worn out, and the guy who I thought would be the love of my life had severed ties with me and I was devastated. All I wanted was to see or talk to him, but he wouldn't have anything to do with me. On a February day, I had a deposition, and I'll never forget this. Not sure of where I was going, I arrived 30 minutes early. Rather than go inside the law firm and wait, I sat in my car and stared at the still waters of Tampa Bay. That many years ago, I can still picture the black and white dress I was wearing with black hose and black shoes. It seemed I'd slammed headfirst into every corner I had turned. Nothing was going right for me. God had me boxed in. I knew I had to surrender all, and so I silently prayed, surrendering all by telling God I had not lived my life for Him, that I had screwed up everything and made so many stupid mistakes. I admitted I had gotten away from the Lord and church. And on Rocky Point Road, which is ironic since my life was at such a rocky point, I invited God back into my life. I had a peace that surpassed all understanding. One of my prayers is that I would see my Floridian guy at a party that night, but I didn't. Tune in for my next podcast and I will tell you an amazing thing that happened, which proves how God works. Remember, no matter what you are going through or how bad things might get, you can find God right where you are because God is always with you. Thanks for listening. May the blessings flow. Hello everyone, I'm Catherine, your host for God Works. This is episode two. And before I pick up with where I left off yesterday in episode one, I just have to share something of significance that made my jaw drop. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time, but I kept procrastinating. I really didn't know how to get started with it or what equipment I needed. But lately the determination to start grew so strong I can no longer resist. So I figured it all out. And on yesterday's date, February the 9th, 2021, I launched my first God Works podcast. And this morning when I woke at 4 a.m., I was lying in bed wondering if it was Wednesday or Thursday. And then I asked myself, what is today's date? And I remembered yesterday looking at the computer and seeing February 9th. So today is the 10th. And then it hit me. Oh my God, February the 9th. 1990 is the date I surrendered to God on Rocky Point Road in Tampa, Florida. The date I prayed with all of my might and invited God back into my life. So I had no idea that yesterday's date when I finally launched my podcast and what my topic would be about God works would actually be the anniversary 31 years later of how all of this topic came about. So that just kind of left me with a big jaw drop and I wanted to share that with you because it just confirms how God works. Um, 
So today will mark the 31st anniversary of how God answered that prayer on February 10th, 1990. I pick up with where I left off in episode one when I had my surrender prayer that I had specifically asked God to let me see the Floridian guy that I had my heart set on. I was certain my plan would work out exactly as I had scripted it on the movie reel of my mind. Harvey's was this really cool restaurant that I loved and frequented it often in St. Pete. The food was wonderful. It reminded me of Cheers. Every month they threw a full moon party. The Floridian was usually always there. Per my script, I would see him. We would talk and maybe even pick up where we left off. But I left holding a sack of disappointment when he was a no-show that evening. All the way home, I fumed. Does God really love me? Why didn't it work out as I had hoped and planned? I asked myself. Trust me, I was in one more bad mood and on a quick return trip to the land of negativity. But let me back up a second. I know you might ask why I was so attracted to this guy. I believed it was fate. I believed he was my meant to be guy. And here was one reason among many. We met on June 26, 1989 and began going out. On one occasion, he had invited me over to his house to watch the sunset. While we were walking down St. Pete Beach holding hands, I pointed to a home a few blocks from the famous pink Don Cesar Hotel, and I said, Look at that house. Let's go knock on the door and tell them we are beggars from the street, just so we can see what that house looks like on the inside. That house, he pointed and asked. I said, Yes. He asked again, Why that house? I don't know, I said, there's just something about that house that I'm drawn to. It's my style. I quickly learned not to dare him to do anything. He told me to follow him, and while I stood at the foot of the steps, he stood at the door and knocked. No one answered. So he opened the door, stuck his head inside, then motioned for me to come upstairs and said, it's okay, they said to come on inside. I hesitated at first, but because he went inside, I journeyed up the steps and followed him in. He was opening up the refrigerator and getting food out and eating it. I was flipping out, thinking the homeowners are going to walk in at any time, they're going to call the police, we're going to get arrested, or they're going to blow us to smithereens. Whose house is this? I asked him. Take a look around, he so nonchalantly said. You wanted to see what the home looked like. On the wall in the hallway was a picture with a lot of people in it. I stopped, stared at him, stared back at the photograph that he happened to be in. Okay, buddy, whose house is this, I asked. As he took another bite of a brownie he had retrieved from the refrigerator, he said, it's my mother's house. She's in Italy right now. My jaw dropped out of all the homes on St. Pete Beach, Grill. How in the world was I to know it was his mom's house I was drawn to? That fact, along with the feelings I had for him and the qualities about him that I desired made me feel he was heaven sent. So now let's revisit February 10th, 1990. 31 years ago today, it happened. I was up, but doing nothing that Saturday morning when a coworker called and invited me to Gasparilla in Tampa. With no other plans, I took her up on it. After all, I needed to get out. I couldn't continue moping over what didn't happen with the Floridian the night before. We arrived and walked all around downtown Tampa in such a large crowd of people, I couldn't begin to provide a head count. On top of that, it was also Super Bowl weekend, and Tampa happened to be hosting the team, so the crowds were more massive than usual. All the streets were blocked off, 
and after a full day of fun and festivity, my friend and I were heading back to her car and walking across the cobblestone bridge when I happened to glance up. Lo and behold, there was my Floridian guy. He approached and hugged my neck, said it was good to see me, and we talked briefly before his friends hurried him along. Words can't describe how ecstatic I was. I expected my prayer to have been answered that Friday night at the full moon party. You know the way I had it scripted in my own mind. Instead, it was answered better than I expected. In a crowd of thousands of people, him being the last person on earth I imagined I would encounter, we passed on a bridge. Ironic to say the least, encountering him on a bridge of all places, where we could bridge the gap. And while you might be expecting me to tell you we got back together, headed to the altar, and lived happily ever after, not so fast. You see, I wasn't ready for him, and I knew it. I had to work on myself. The reason we went our separate ways was partly my fault. Instead of speaking up about something, I completely shut down. I had said and done things I regretted. I didn't want to repeat past behaviors. In my prayer on February 9th, I had not asked God to bring us back together as a couple yet. I only prayed for a sign of hope, that if I could just see him and talk to him, that I would view that as a sign that maybe we were meant to be, but I'd first have to work on myself, learn to better communicate, strengthen my relationship with God, and put God first, get back in church. But where? I didn't know. Unfortunately, I wasn't feeling the vibe at the Methodist churches I visited. I didn't feel a spiritual ping at the Presbyterian or Baptist churches either. While I was exploring different denominations, I was drawn to Catholicism. Not yet certain of the right place of worship for me, I began reading Norman Vincent Peale books, the first one being The Power of Positive Thinking. Usually I donate used books, but I will forever treasure this literary jewel. I subscribed to the Guidepost magazine. It always had the best heartwarming real-life stories that added spiritual pep to my steps. I read the Bible, daily devotionals, and scripture readings. I discovered Dr. Charles Stanley within Touch Ministries and began tuning in to his television broadcasts and listening to his radio shows. Things also began turning around for me in my personal life. My outlook was so much brighter. For the first time in forever, I had an inner peace I had never before experienced. At the court reporting firm where I worked, a new hire was assigned to judge all night. You know, the judge that loved to work until midnight. And as bad as I felt for the new hire, I celebrated that I was promoted and assigned to a judge that always quit by 4.30 every afternoon. So I was finally able to catch my breath. Even though I wasn't officially back in the arms of the Floridian where I wanted to be, when I would get low on hope, I would pray for a sign of hope, and every single time God would answer, be it radio, TV, a sermon, or through scripture, or even another encounter. And I remember getting so spiritually pumped that if I could have bottled and sold all the joy I had watching how God works, I would most likely have an unlimited supply of cash today. Tune in to my next podcast and follow me along my spiritual journey detailing how God has worked in my life from then until now. And remember, no matter what you are going through or how bad things get, you can find God right where you are because God is always right there with you. Thanks so much for listening. May blessings flow your way today.